Hello, sports fans, and welcome to more floggings by Weber's Whipping Post. I'm delighted you tuned in and hope you enjoy today's show. My name is Alan Weber, and you can reach me at PackerBacker1957 at yahoo.com. You can also check out my great website at www.weberswhippingpost.com. So today I'm announcing the long-awaited news that I'm not running for president in 2024. That's right. I'm not going to be your candidate. So Don, Nikki, Vivek, you can all relax. I know that might upset some of my listeners, but I thought I would get that news out there early, as did former Maryland Governor Larry Hogan. Are you wondering why this is news, too? Who in the hell must announce they are not doing something? What a pompous airbag Hogan must be. So the polls for the 2024 election show Ron DeSantis as the only Republican who can beat Biden. Really? After living through the bonehead Biden and Harris crime spree, people haven't learned a lesson? I'd vote for a friggin' bologna sandwich before I'd vote for Biden. On another note, polls show Republican women favor Trump. Not looking so good right out of the blocks for Nikki Haley. Now that FBI Director Ray has admitted China's virus came from a lab leak, when are we, A, going to hold China financially responsible for the monumental cost, chaos, and American lives lost, and or see Fauci in prison for repeated lies and corruption. Don't look now, but while we're arguing over what pronouns to use, pandering to the transgendered, deranged, calling each other racist, and spending massive amounts of money defending the borders of countries that are not ours, China has increased its military spending by $224 billion, or 7%. I'm starting to feel like a turkey in late October. Did you see Western Oregon, fed up with the liberal bullshit of its Eastern Oregonians, would like to become part of Idaho? Seriously. Are you paying attention, Illinois? This might be a blueprint to shed that corrupt, crime-riddled, rotten city of Chicago from what is actually a pretty nice state. So Chicago fired their inept racist mayor, Lori Lightfoot. The mayoral race now is between Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson to be decider on April 4th. This is most likely when all the white folks vote for the white Vallis and all the black folks vote for the black Johnson, thus ensuring ongoing tribal disunity in the city. You would think they could get past the petty politics to vote for the best candidate just one time. Can there ever be a best candidate in that corrupt city again? One would think, given the way the once formidable city is crumbling, after 92 years, Chicago might just try a Republican for mayor. See the definition of insanity. Ah, never mind. I'm from Shabance. What do I know? Tucker Carlson recently broadcasted a more accurate story of the January 6th protest, which had been dishonestly labeled an insurrection by corrupt politicians and our propagandist media. You know he must be onto something since politicians from both sides of the aisles were calling foul. This is the video the fraudulent J6 committee tried to squash. I wrote the protest was not an insurrection many times, whilst others, including local writers and podcasters, echoed the literal narrative, blaming Trump again. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy released 40,000-plus hours of video surveillance, showing a remarkably different story than what we were spoon-fed by the propagandist media. It's clear the J6 committee's purpose was to keep Trump from running for president again, which both sides of the aisle seemed to want. The committee was a plum assignment for ex-Republican Adam Kinzinger, as he still has his shorts in a wad that Trump didn't give him a job in the cabinet. 
Kissinger, the turncoat from Kankakee, Illinois, now works at CNN, where he belongs. Anyway, the video show mostly a controlled, orderly, and in many instances, respectful entry into and around the Capitol building by most of the folks. Some were even just sightseeing. They also show Capitol Police escorting people around the building, including one QAnon shaman, Jacob Chansley. The naval veteran Chansley became a protest poster child due to his size, fern-lined Viking hat, hairy bare chest, painted face, and carrying an American flag around the Capitol building. Contrary to nearly every media outlet report, Chamsley did not lead the protest. He was led around the building by police. At one point, he even held a prayer vigil. For Chamsley's actions, he was given a four-year sentence in prison by a corrupt legal system, too, as CNN erroneously reported, set an example to the barbaric crowd of J6 protesters. These videos were not allowed at Chamsley's trial, and his lawyer knew nothing about them. Now that videos have been released, Showing the actual truth, I imagine Mr. Chansley, once freed from his unlawful sentence, will be our next multimillionaire, courtesy of the U.S. government and our tax dollars. The protesters were mostly American patriots who believed the election was stolen. They were not insurrectionists. I repeat, they were not insurrectionists. Afterwards, they peacefully walked down Pennsylvania Avenue to the Capitol, where they had a lawful permit to protest. This protest was known far in advance. Requests by Capitol Police for more officers were ignored by both Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell. This might indicate they knew something was planned. Once protesters congregated, tear gas was fired into the crowd by a few anxious policemen, which incited the group. It's now known but covered up by the J6 committee. There were undercover agents in the crowd, such as Ray Epps, who incited the crowd further. Epps texted his nephew, bragging he orchestrated a riot, although he never entered the Capitol. He did, however, appear before the J6 kangaroos. The videos proved much of the media coverage was biased, intent on showing a false narrative of insurrection. The J6 committee even hired an ABC Good Morning producer to exploit their narrative of a rebellion. They took snippets from various videos, only showing the few seconds of mayhem and suppressed hours of peaceful protests. This storyline was also exploited by Bonehead Biden and Giggles Harris, repeatedly calling American citizens insurrectionists and white supremacists. Where the hell did Bonehead get the idea everything wrong was being perpetrated by white supremacy? In Bonehead's senility, he sees a Klansman in just about everything. Shamelessly, a mock funeral was held in the Capitol Rotunda for Brian Sicknick a young Capitol Police guard who sadly passed away after the protest of natural causes reported murdered by the media. Sicknick, by the way, voted for Trump. Rotunda funerals are reserved for American people who made a real change in American history, such as John Kennedy or Rosa Parks. Mr. Sicknick was probably a good man, but no more worthy of a Rotunda funeral than I am. After I wrote this commentary for the papers, former Vice President Mike Pence sounded off in a speech at the Gridiron Club dinner in Washington, D.C., that Trump was responsible for the January 6th event, and that history will be clear on this. Get over yourself, Mike, you turncoat. Trump will slaughter your ass in the upcoming primaries. 978 people were charged with crimes stemming from the J6 protest. 185 are in prison. Contrast that to the summer of 2020 riots, where there are 70 people in prison from a series of riots lasting the entire summer. Damn you, Joe Biden, and damn you, Adam Kinzinger. You both knew the truth, yet lied to an American citizenry 
expressing their constitutional rights. You are complicit in unlawfully incarcerating innocent citizens. If it were within my authority, I charge you both with treason. Now, on for some other floggings. Honoring my 66th trip around the sun, I went to an Eagles concert the other night in Phoenix. The price to get into a concert anymore has gotten so ridiculous. It was a great show, though, despite the four gaps I noted from Joe Walsh's guitar picking. It's still fun to watch and listen to Joe, especially the faces he makes trying to hit just the right note. Having never been a country fan, I had no listening experience with Vince Gill, who now tours with the group. I'm now a Vince Gill fan. He played and sang like he'd always been a rocker in a great band. Did you see where podcaster Joe Rogan has opened a new comedy club in Austin, Texas, where the comedians cannot be canceled for what they say? He named the new club the Comedy Membership. Good for you, Joe. I wonder if you can get Neil Young to play, though. The Silicon Valley Bank, a Santa Barbara, California banking institution ranked as the 16th largest bank in the U.S., collapsed this week, but not before top executives had sold off most of their stock and given out employee bonuses. The bank is now in control of federal regulators, with many politicians clamoring for the government to bail them out. The situation puts me in the odd position of actually agreeing with the Bonehead Administration, particularly Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, in that I don't believe the bank should be bailed out. Additionally, those stock sales and bonuses should all be returned to customers, not given to employees who ran the bank irresponsibly, such as CEO Greg Becker, who sold $3.6 million of company stock less than two weeks before the bank's collapse. That bastard knew the ship was sinking, so he jumped off the side like a rat. Furthermore, customers should only be reimbursed up to the limits of the Federal Department of Insurance Corporation, known as the FDIC, which currently is $250,000. Anyone depositing more than that knew the risk and shouldn't be reimbursed with somebody else's money. People must learn to take care of themselves and not look to the government as some sort of nanny. From what I'm able to discern from liberal news sites, it would appear Bonehead is actually going to run for president again in 2024. That's assuming the nation doesn't collapse before then. If he were to run, he'd be 82 years old and 83 before taking office. Bonehead is already the oldest president in our history and has all the mental faculties of a grape. The Democrat Party must be having conniptions with this hot mess. It will be interesting if they pick up someone to run against him. Then to make it worse, they know they will have to drive Giggles Harris from the ticket, which will cause some rancor and hurt feelings. She's already complaining about being the Rodney Dangerfield of the party. I made that last part up, but she is feeling disrespected. Speaking of disrespect, I have a boatload of it now for presidential wannabe Nikki Haley. Showing her true colors as a politician first and foremost, she recently floated the idea to change the age for Medicare and Social Security, although she was short on details for the age. Not only is this a bad idea, but it also hands Bonehead Biden a gift that he can continue to falsely berate Republicans of wanting to take these benefits away. She's proving to be just another politician that wants to get her filthy hands on other people's money. I am personally on Medicare after pouring money into it for over 48 years, and I'm going to file for Social Security in another six months. So I would imagine I'm safe. But what about those other schmucks who paid in for 30 or 40 years and have set up their retirement based on the parameters set out by the government? Now Haley wants to move the friggin' goalpost? I call bullshit, Nikki, and don't expect my vote in the primaries. I guess it was just a matter of time before the woke got around to it. 
Now Shakespeare is being attacked as a racist. Yeah, the Shakespeare to live back in the 1500s. It started when a black professor from UCLA, Arthur Little, published an essay collection entitled White People in Shakespeare. For the record, I did not read it, nor do I intend to. But Daniel Pollock Pilsner evidently did. He's supposedly considered a scholar, which kind of demeans the term to me, but wrote an article for the liberal rag The Atlantic suggesting Shakespeare's plays were about race helping to create whiteness. You see, to the woke set, everything that a white person does has to be looked through a lens of whiteness. White people evidently haven't been able to do anything, evidently going all the way back to the 1500s, just for the joy of excellence of doing it. Not white people, again, according to woke assholes, do everything to promote whiteness and supremacy in everyday life with everything they do. We're evil that way. God, I'll be delighted when this friggin' era of wokeness is smashed forever, perhaps starting against Pelder's white head. Well, sadly, another rocker bit the dust. Jerry Rossington, an original founding member of Leonard Skinner, passed away this past week. The venerable rocker, famous for his slag guitar work for Freebird and lead guitar on many other great songs, died on March 5th at 71 years young. Rossington was aboard the plane that killed several members back in 1977 near Macomb, Mississippi. He woke up on the ground with the airplane door on him. I was fortunate to have seen the original band in concert in Chicago in 1976 on a sweltering hot day at Soldier's Field. Rest in peace, Gary. Well, that concludes this edition of Weber's Whipping Post. I hope you like it, and I hope you'll tune in again next week. So long, folks.